And welcome back to the Fulfillment Podcast. I'm not even going to let you drink water. Welcome back to the Fulfillment Slate Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Archidia, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we are going to be talking about broadcast news. Yeah. The, the movie, mm-hmm. not actual broadcast mm-hmm. news. Nope, won't be doing that. I had, a, I, had I, I clarified because I got confused by it. It's like, <laughs> hey, we're going to do broadcast news. It's like, what? Yeah. What? News? Like, what? Are we talking about the fucking like, CNN now? Like, yeah. fuck it, we'll do it live kind of thing? Like, yeah. Yeah, but we're going to talk about the movie. It came out in 1987. Mm-hmm. Brilliant movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but before any of that, let's do the ketchup. Some ketchup, some mustard, some mayonnaise. Some condiments. horseradish? Horseradish Maybe? counts. Horse, yeah, horseradish, horseradish counts. counts. What have you been up to? I have a long, awkward story. You have a I'm, long, I'm gonna, awkward I'm going to shorten it as much as I possibly can. <laughs> because the one story on its own is just, there's no resolution to it. Right. You know, so I never say anything about it. I mean, it. that works perfectly because I have no, no story. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, all right, the, the first part, uh, this happened about two weeks ago. Um, we went to the Denny's, the one that you go to. I go to that same right. Denny's. Yeah, me and Tessa, we went there uh, late at night. And as I'm walking in there, I had my daughter with me at the time. Uh, nice. So me, my daughter, and um, and Tessa were walking in, and I see three people sitting there that look very familiar to me, very familiar. And as we're approaching, then they look up at me, mm-hmm. and then I think that I see that they recognize me as well. So I try to go over there to initiate the contact before mm-hmm. they initiate it to me. Right. So then I was like, hey, hey, how y'all been? How have y'all been? It was like, good, good. It's good to see you. Good to see you. So they kind of do the same thing that I'm doing. Right. And then it was like, uh, it's like when's, when's the last time I seen you? I haven't seen you in how long? Oh, and then I'm like, oh, you know, I don't remember. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that it's this lady from my church. It's like an older gray-haired lady from my, right. from my church. But I haven't been to church in whoever knows how long. Right. Like I, I go to church like once or twice a year to appease my family, you know, for like certain <laughs> events. You know, yeah. like seriously, yeah. But I mean, I spent my entire 17 years and like growing up there three to four times a, a week you know mm-hmm. so God I, damn, that's all the church oh is. yeah it was a lot it was a lot that's but upsetting. but I, I feel like i would still recognize these women's faces you know from that was till i was 17 i'm 32 about to be 33 now so what 15 years ago i guess right yeah yeah, so I'm like, I think I can still recognize this woman's face. So we're sitting there having this conversation, and about a minute and a half into it, I'm like, no, this is not the right person. And they're picking up that I'm not the right person, too. But we're kind of just going along with it and just, I'm like, all right, well, it was good to see you guys, and uh, I'm going to go over to my table. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. So, um, so, so that, that even happens. And like I said, there's no resolution to that. So it was just an awkward situation going up to a random table, and we're both pretending <laughs> that we recognize each other, you know? Now, now fast forward, like, and like I said, the lady that I thought it was, was a lady that went to my church, grew up in the church, an older, older black lady, bit heavy set with all gray hair. That's the lady that I thought I was seeing. Now, fast forward till last night. All right. So for the past, the past uh, few weeks, as you know, like I've been like crazy on like this diet thing and not even like doing it like in a healthy way. Like I do everything in black and white and very extremes, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like, it's like you're Gandhi or you're eating. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. You know, so it's like I either I'm like smashing like double quarter pounders and super like cheese fries or like I'm just not eating at all, like not eating and then exercising very hard. So for five days out of the week, that's what I'm doing. And then for two days two and a half of those days i can do whatever the fuck that i want to do so my body is getting very confused about everything that's happening you know because like after like two days it's just like okay starvation okay I'm, i can adjust to that you know i give you a certain amount of energy your brain's not going to work you know but i'll make sure that you can walk around you know without falling over you know so after about three days you get used to that but then when you bring the food back in your body's like hold on like you just said we're not eating food and now you want me to digest all of this food at one time no this isn't right 
this isn't right. So now after the second day, your body adjusts back to that. Like, okay, right. I get used to that. All right, so that's my body's going through all of that. Now, and, and in the meantime, I'm not drinking either. We talked right. about that. And um, I'll drink like once a week. But when I do drink, I'm going to do it. I'll do it, yeah. So um, so yesterday, uh, <laughs> my friends, well, not even my friends, my cousins, they, uh, they hit me up. And they say, hey, we're all going to be at Aunt Nessie Jean's house. And that's old lady that uh, that I went to church with. Um, mm-hmm. She's, I guess, my great aunt, Aunt Nancy Jean, a great mm-hmm. aunt. But um, so uh, all the cousins were all going over there. It's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna smoke and drink and just chill out by the fire pit and hang out, yada yada yada. So I'm like, all right. So I get there and all of my cousins are there. You know, it's like 20 of us. We're all by the fire pit and we're drinking beer and smoking and having a good time and talking and everything. And I'm like realizing like the major difference between like myself and like uh, some of the people that grew up there and are still there. Yeah. Like if Devin would, this would be perfect for Devin last week. Like he grew up in, in Stanley, Stanley, right. Mount Holly, like same like small town area. And for like for them, it's like Charlotte is like Vegas. And and Atlanta is you know like the pinnacle you know of everything yeah like you know, Atlanta's like New York and like, yeah yeah like for this the small like very small town small uh, area attitude you know they have with them but but as we're there uh, they're sitting there talking and laughing and having a good time or whatever and suddenly like my body is just like what is that me is that me no that might be me oh no oh, I'm about to say shit what the fuck shit now it's evolved to fucking ringing yeah god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, fucking man. guy. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna tell, finish telling the story right here to myself anyway, though. Um, uh, so yeah, this is kind of hard to talk to air. Um, so I'm sitting down. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting down, and mm-hmm. I'm sending a text. Yeah. To tell, let people know that I'm recording because mm-hmm. it was my mom calling me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm gonna sit him down. And I'm muting my computer mm-hmm. like I should have done in the first goddamn place, mm-hmm. but I didn't do because I'm an asshole. And then I left the door open because I'm a bigger asshole. <laughs> It's fine. We're professionals. No, it's like I, I, I want it. I want it to continue to happen until <laughs> a point to where it's just you're gonna be like, you know what? Something has to be done about it. It's kind. It's kind of like the uh, like the like I, like the like the Donald Trump thing. Like if you just have things that are kind of okay, then nothing's gonna be done about it. Like you need Donald Trump and then the spawn of Donald Trump for everybody. Okay, nope, nope. We need to do something about it. This is too much. I think it's gonna happen when we get a, like our first semi-celebrity guest. Yeah. And then my phone rings. That's when I'm gonna like fuck. I gotta fix this. I'm, I'm gonna look up and smile just like 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 yeah like excellent. All right, so um so the old old uh. The the old lady, gray hair, yada yada yada. That was a couple of weeks ago with the Denny's, mistaking her for somebody else. Right. And um, now I'm I'm here last night and I'm drinking for the first time in a while. But in my mind, my body can still handle as much alcohol as I want. You know, nope. especially because earlier in that day I'd eaten a lot of Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, all right, I'm good on this. But on top of that, my body is like, we were starving, and now you're trying to get me to digest <laughs> lots of food. And on top of that, you also want me to digest. All of this alcohol right now. And at, at one point while we were out there by the fire pit, my body just switched and almost 33 years old. And I'd never been hit like this, like a full, like what you would call a flop sweat. What we're going to talk about yeah. in the uh, in broadcast <laughs> news, complete sweat. Like my whole shirt just became drenched, sweating down, visual sweat going down my face, arms, everything. And it wasn't like I had to throw up. I had to poop. <laughs> Like I had to legit shit diarrhea, and I'm I'm sitting down. Those the, are the most terrifying oh, moments of a person's life. Yeah, because like I'm outside, and it's yeah. and it's like with all the drinking, I'm like if I had to piss, and I just whip it out, you know, I'm yeah. outside. If I had to throw up, I just throw up. I'm outside in the woods. But you if know? you got a shit, but if you got a shit, you, you know, sh- you gotta find a place to shit. And I'm around like 20 of my cousins, so yeah. it's like 
you know, I can't like go shit in the woods and then wipe with a leaf and then come back smelling like shit. Like I'm never going to live that down. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and like we're right by houses and everything, you know, we're in the woods, but we're right by houses. So um, after me trying to hold back this shit, you know, for about yeah. five minutes or so, and like I'm like almost blacking out, like because I'm I'm sweating that hard and my heart just, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, your body's like, you got to take this shit right now. Yes. And, you know, and like just sweating sore. So I stand up and I started to walk off like out of the woods. It's like, where are you going? I was like, I got to take a shit like really bad. And everybody's like, I can hear them like whispering like he's about to go throw up. Like, and I, I feel like they've been looking at me. It's like, he doesn't look good. He's going to throw up. And I was like, and, and I didn't look good, but it wasn't from the throw up. Like I really had to shit. So I was like, which house should I be going to? And they was like the house up there on the right. And, you know, it's like, all right. So I go up through the woods and I go knock on the door. And you know who answers the door? The fucking lady of Denny's. The lady that I was confused from Denny's. Yeah. The actual lady. The, the actual lady. And I haven't seen oh, her. So not the lady in Denny's. The no, actual lady. The, the lady in Denny's. Was a Dennis. Yes. The lady in Denny's. I had no idea who that lady was. We just had to pretend like I thought she was somebody else. But the actual lady was at the door. It was uh, my Aunt Nancy Jean's cousin or whatever. Her name's uh, Nancy Gibson. So I, I knock on the door and she opens the door. And I was like, huh. Like it just a flashback from three weeks ago. The person that I thought I identified. Like it's my first time seeing her in 15 years, you know. And it's under these circumstances <laughs> where I'm sweating profusely. Like as soon as she opens the door, like I'm ready to just fall over into the house. Like my shirt is drenched. I'm sweating. I'm it's like, like those horror movies when someone gets stabbed and you open the door and they're just like <laughs> fall over yes. and you're like, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> and she was like, and she looks at my face. She was like, oh, I haven't said, hey, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in, in a long time. I was like, I was over there. I, yeah. I, I, I got a poop. <laughs> it's just, I didn't know how to explain all of it because she hasn't seen me in 15 years. Yeah. So it was like, how do I explain that <laughs> I'm here and, you know, why like, I'm here? I love here. a conversation, <laughs> but at the moment, I cannot yes. have it. I, I was just like, maybe she can hear that there's people over here that, you know, over there. So I just pointed around the corner. I was over there and get, poop. I got a poop. She was like, no, no, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so I went there and destroyed the toilet, you know, destroyed the toilet. But while, while I was there, I was just like, wow, that's just such a weird thing, you know. <laughs> weird set of circumstances yeah you know what my favorite part of the story is mm-hmm. you haven't seen this lady in 15 years no yeah you walk over to her house and it's like i whatever you i can i, <laughs> I can't nope. i gotta poop i gotta take a shit in your bathroom <laughs> yes that i haven't seen in 15 years yes and she, and she was as i'm walking towards the, the bathroom because like as soon as she's like yeah as soon as she moves away from that door Fucking i'm like beeline <laughs> immediately looking for that bathroom straight ahead of me and she's asking me questions like oh how have you been how have you been i was like i've been really really good i've been really good <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself as I'm about to go sit down and I'm like the image that she saw, like she hasn't seen me since 15 years ago. And the first time she's seeing me now, I'm not making a great impression. (laughs) You know, just the way that I look like I look like like a strung out like drug addict or something. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm sweating so bad, (laughs) you know, and it's the first time you see me in forever. And it's like, I got to use your bathroom, please, please. (laughs) Just like like scratching your neck like the Dave Chappelle. Lady, I gotta, I gotta use your bathroom. <laughs> yeah. oh so, God. like, after you like destroyed her bathroom, yeah, did you have a conversation with her? No, she uh, <laughs> she had went to bed. It was like eleven thirty at night, which made it that much worse, you know, because like she she had to wake up because she's like a sixty year old woman yeah. or probably older than that, I'd assume. So. She, I was knocking on the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And she comes to the door, like she had to wake up to let me use her bathroom. So it just, it looks that much worse on me. Awful. It's like, I haven't seen you in 15 years and you come here at 1130 at night to wake me up to use my toilet sweating like a fucking pig. Like, what the fuck is going on right now? And you tell me that you're doing great, doesn't look that way to me. <laughs> you know? 
Because there's some yeah. of those situations that you just you just have to take the L. Yeah, you I definitely took the L. Definitely had to take that. That so is that is a beautiful story. That man. is what has been going on with me. I'm glad that you're <laughs> that you made it through that and you didn't shit yourself. Although yeah. your friends, when they because they said they thought that we were gonna throw up, mm-hmm. I feel like like a part of me would have wanted to shit right in their view, so they knew that I wasn't about to throw up. <laughs> so I think I was to throw up. No, this is what's happening, motherfucker. Yeah, but but what but what I don't I don't like I thought about the shitting in the woods. Like I really yeah. thought because I didn't think I was gonna be able to make it to that toilet. Because <laughs> seriously, I'm like as soon as I stand up, it's all gonna it's fall gonna out of my ass. It's all gonna just fall out of my ass as soon as I stand up and if not when I stand up when I try to separate my legs to walk is gonna happen yep. <laughs> you know, it's gonna so, happen at some point in the process of walking it's gonna happen but I was like I'm wearing khaki shorts you know so even if I was to shit in the woods somewhere and then use my pair of underwear that I'm currently wearing yeah. to wipe my ass with those then throw those into the woods somewhere what what happens if I get a shit stain on my, on khaki, my khaki pants underwear. Yeah. You're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah, and then they're, gonna, then they're gonna track down those shitty underwear in the woods. <laughs> you know, it's like, never gonna it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's just gonna get bad it on battle on It is a loose, bad. loose, loose yeah. situation. Especially like with people that you've grown up with since you're two. Yeah. You know, so they don't give a fuck. Like, they, there's no holds bars with your family. There's no boundary. <laughs> no. They're afraid of breaking. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna happen. Oh, yeah. That's fucking funny. I can't remember the last time I had to shit so badly that I, like, sweat. Yeah. Like a blind, like a fucking yeah. just... <laughs> Ah, those are the worst poops. I never I experienced that. That I was wild. Yeah. I think it was Christmas. It happened to me during Christmas. Yeah. I was like eating pork and then suddenly uh, every concoction that I've put into my mouth mm. just like solidified into oh. the concrete. Yeah. And I just, I had to. Oh, I remember you telling about this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was upsetting. Oh. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you made it. <laughs> we, uh, we finished another quarter of school. We did. We're we in are. break. I was I was so done with this quarter. I was yeah. so fucking done. Yeah. And we finished it. I turned in my project, my uh, makeup commercial. Mm-hmm. Went okay. Hell yeah. Uh, excuse me. I turned in another um, video for something called the Stupid Cupid Bar Crawl. The Stupid Cupid Bar Crawl. Yep. Happened in February. I just I, I, I do you remember the time I told you I was at the bar filming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what that was. Okay. I did that video. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, before the finals done, she mm. liked it. I'm waiting on a call back to see if I get another job. What was the uh, what was so stupid about Cupid? Uh, the arrows. It's an outdated method of war. Uh, ah, yeah. so, yeah, also okay. he's wearing a fucking diaper. Get over yourself. No, no, no Cupid is stupid. Yeah. In, in, yeah. in, in, so okay, I, I get it. Yeah, okay, all he's right. He's wearing all a right. diaper and he uses arrows. He's not a very smart angel. No, no. Fucking go with the times, Cupid. Yeah. Anyway, fuck you, Cupid. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like I, I finished that and I'm waiting for another call back to see if I got another job. Yeah. Started working at a synagogue. A synagogue. A synagogue. A Jewish. The Jew- a Jewish, Jewish temple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Wow. Have it's, you seen any rabbis? I've seen two of them. Like are they like traditional like um? No, super- they're not like Hasidic Jews. Oh, that's what I wanted to see. They're yeah, just they're, they're just oh. like like Jews. Oh well. <laughs> they're just Jewish. That's not super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but their their service is fucking fascinating. Okay. Like Jewish service is way much more interesting than like Christian service. Okay. Cuz they they like to get in and get out. Oh, so like that. it's like an hour and 30 minutes and mm-hmm. then like and they just like start singing, mm-hmm. "Hey, you're here, Shabbat Shalom," singing. Mm-hmm. Barn Vitzvah, read the Torah, read the thing, touch the Torah, pray silently. Yeah. More music. Good. These are the people who died. Get out. Nice. Like that's their service and it's great. I it's, like it's the awesome. to the point. And uh, I, I, it's just been a, it's just been a fascinating couple of Saturdays. I go there every Saturday. Nice. And like it's just great to see like a sea because I work in the balcony on the sound tech, mm-hmm. so I just see like a sea of jamakas and. and, and I mean, like, you have the hair for a conversion. 
I, I do. I could totally, <laughs> totally be a Jewish guy. Yeah. Uh, my best friend Sage actually told people that I was a Jewish convert, and most people believed it. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. Some old lady named Margaret. I went to visit my cousin in Greensboro like yeah. a fucking year ago. Mm-hmm. And some old lady was like, are you a Jew? Mm-hmm. You look like a Jew. Yeah. And I'm just like... I. I'm Puerto Rican, man. I don't know. Like, what was she going to do with the information after that? <laughs> like, know. are you a Jew? Yes. What was the follow-up? <laughs> I said no, and she was like, you could be a Hasidic Jew. And I was like, thanks. Th- thank I guess you. I'll put it in the resume when I need it. Yeah. Uh, what but, was she going to do? Like, name other Jewish people that she she'd she seen knows. in her life? Yeah, Yeah, I guess. <laughs> ah, you're like that Woody Allen fella. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of you. I've seen other people like you before. I'm like, all right, well, thanks. Jewish thank filmmaker. It's like, thanks, Margaret. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I started what? working at a synagogue, and it's been a lot of fun. Nice. And uh, I recorded the fashion show that we had at school, so I'm yeah. gonna go through that. Yeah, good thing to say about that. Uh, I like that fashion show. That fashion yeah. show was like really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had a lot of really great designers doing mm. really different things. Yeah. That was my favorite thing. Like, no designer did anything that was like annoyingly similar or like too mm. similar. Yeah. Um, of a concept to like, not stand out. So, like, it was awesome. It was pretty great. That's nice. So, I'm cutting through that footage next week at some point. Uh, mm. And that's it. That's pretty much all I've been up to. Okay. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but it sure no, that was feels like pretty it. Yeah. It packed. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that's the only thing I got. My cat um, got in a fight. With another cat or a dog? Yeah, another cat. Oh, your cat won then. I mean, yeah, my cat won. Yeah. He <laughs> came in with, like, a scratch ear. Yeah. And, like, his, ha- his hair fell out of his ear. Mm. But now it's growing back. So, my, my cat's a thug. No, yeah, man. The first time I've seen your cat, like, <laughs> I've never seen such a muscular cat in my life. Never. Like, it leaps with ease. Like, such ease. I mean, it's, this cat this cat got it. Looks yeah. like he walked out of, like, fucking five years of kitty prison. Yeah. Yeah, man. But anyway, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, we're going to cut, and then we're going to talk about the broadcast news. Yeah. And uh, we'll be right back. And welcome back. We're going to be talking about broadcast news, the movie. Broadcast news. This is our Criterion film Criterion for this Criterion film for the week. It, yeah. it, understandably so. The movie's fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's uh, broadcast news. It's rated R. Uh, came out in 1987, listed as a comedy drama. Has a runtime of 2 hours, 13 minutes, and a 98% Rotten Tomato score. Uh, the rundown is, a highly strong news producer finds herself strangely attracted to a vapid anchorman, even though she loathes everything he personifies to make matters worse her best friend a talented but not particularly telegenic news reporter is secretly in love with her uh writer director james l brooks uh he directed terms of endearment as good as it gets and spanglish Mm -hmm. uh holly hunter plays jane craig albert brooks al brooks plays aaron altman uh he was he's the voice of um in finding nemo and finding dory he's he's uh, a marlin yeah the uh, william hurt uh plays tom and jack nicholson plays bill Nice. Jack Nicholson, who originally didn't have a bill in the mm-hmm. movie. He, he was, was originally on bill. On bill. Yep. Um, this movie's fantastic. I yes. mean, there's really no other way of getting around saying that this movie's just brilliant. Oh, yes. Um, but, like, I, I have to say, I thought both the, the two men in this love triangle mm-hmm. were fucking assholes. <laughs> Uh, I hate. I hated both of them. I mean, I feel like everyone was an asshole. Like, even she was, mm. she was a definite asshole herself. I mean, yeah, but she wasn't, like... Yeah, she was. She was an asshole. <laughs> but she wasn't as much of an asshole as, like, Al Brooks' uh, character was, I think. Uh, I think, for me, he was the worst one. Because he, hmm. he was, like, this guy seeing the pretense of friendship. And when he didn't get what he wanted, he just kind of went ballistic. Which just kind of annoyed me. Okay. On a personal level. <laughs> just because I see guys like that all the time. And hmm. I'm like, fuck you. Okay, yeah, I can I can agree that he can be viewed as the worst. Yeah. Um, 
from two examples where uh where he finally blows up because she doesn't recognize that he's in love with her mm-hmm. and he, he's like uh, can you at least feel like there's some kind of awkwardness here that you're about to go on a date you know right while i'm here and she doesn't <laughs> think about that at all no idea. like she goes and gets a box of condoms and puts it in her pocketbook <laughs> you know so there's a little bit towards her like it's like how do you not understand what's going on but there's more towards him of you're a man you have to assert yourself she's not going to know unless you tell her <laughs> you know? right and, and like it's, it's just a weird like i understand the love triangle thing is like complicated to navigate yeah. and like they did it accurately oh in yeah the movie. oh Shit. yeah um, but like it's, it's really emotional and all these things. But like yeah. there's a mo- there's a point in the movie where he goes like he tells it to go to hell and get out of his house. I love the other guy. that scene was amazing. That scene it was a good scene, Whoa. but I was just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, that was, that <laughs> was amazing. We got we got to work through it. Yeah, I watched yeah. that scene over and over and over again because <laughs> um, I really wanted to see his acting chops. But they really show the. Um, the response more mm-hmm. so than for her and when she when she turns around it's like this is important to me like she like, jesus like holly hunter is an amazing actress oh yes so is old brooks and the yeah. other guy yeah. i forgot that who plays tom oh uh, william hurt william hurt like oh, yeah. they're all great actors oh yeah but holly hunter has my favorite this. reaction shots mm-hmm. and the whole thing this one show when all brooks tell her like and I love you, and I now I bury the lead. Yeah. And when he says I love you, mm. she, like, they cut to her, and she just like fucking flinches. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, fuck that. That stung. That's like Jesus. Yeah, like Holly Hunter stole the fucking mm-hmm. um, show for me. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, but let's. Uh, I guess we should go back from to the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah. yeah, the beginning. We have um, we have William Hurt's character as a mm-hmm. kid, and uh, he's he's getting picked up from his uh, by his dad. Well, no, I guess he's already with his dad on like a job thing or whatever. And there's uh, lots of women there, and uh, they're looking at this like six, seven year old kid. Mm-hmm. And they was like, "Yeah, you're going you're to have to beat him away with a stick." And then he was like, "I don't even know what that means, beat him away with a stick." <laughs> he was like, "Well, if that's the the biggest problems that you have in the world," and he was like, "Well, no, I also have this report card." <laughs> and then you get a real insight into this kid. I mean, yeah. well, into this the person that he becomes. You know, he's very charming, very manipulative, and can really get what he wants because of. The, his charm and his charisma and his looks yeah. with that as well and he convinces his dad he was like you know this is a problem that i have you know everybody thinks that i just look good what kind of job can i get when i only look good you know right. and then in convincing his dad he was like well this is my report card can you sign it he was like well he's like well what if i get you a tutor he was like no i'll do better i'll do better i'll do it 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 <laughs> you know and it's like it's like is that show for you or is that show <laughs> for your dad you know right. then it's like okay well i'll go ahead and sign it he signs it and then you get to see um, what the ultimate manipulation is for him later on in the movie, which mm-hmm. we'll get to. But yeah, um, ooh, uh, start, yeah, that starts with the beginning of the movie for him. Then we have my my favorite beginning, uh, Holly Hunter's When they beginning. have to get the, the recording out like 52 seconds before the show starts. A, a little bit before that, um, mm-hmm. when Holly Hunter's a, a kid and they show how she grew up with her father and uh, she, she's sitting typing something oh, and yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, her father comes in and was like well you only have a few more hours of typing and then that's it I don't want you to become obsessive and then she comes out of the room after thinking about it for a moment and she's like obsessive is a psychological term used for somebody that, that uses all of their energy to focus on one thing and one thing only and they can't concentrate on anything else and you always tell me to choose my words so carefully but could you think to choose your words a little more carefully than calling somebody a word like obsessive because this is me stopping to <laughs> yes, tell you that you chose the wrong that. one yes and it was <laughs> like somebody that had to like live through that i was like wow like yes i love to see this person and then immediately the next shot is her as an adult and she's so put together 
very tightly mm-hmm. and they, they show that early on like the way that she's dressed she's dressed and she's walking to work in like a speed walk mm-hmm. as soon as she gets into the work everything is just speed chop 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 do it now quickly fast pace and they show some of the best um i guess it's like it's, it's the best news television movie thing that i've seen well yeah uh, roger ebert actually mm-hmm. said that it was the most knowledgeable movie in mm-hmm. terms of how news were produced yeah, so I like it, it, it got it down. It got, it, it got that shut down. Yeah, because I mean, we've seen Nightcrawler. You know, mm-hmm. that gave us a, a insight into that. But yeah, this this movie here, Broadcast News, they went all the way in on it. It was it was very good. Like the the timing, how how fast paced everything had to be. The, the conversations um, that everyone's having. The fuck you, give it to me. But then they're <laughs> out having drinks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of thing. Um, I I think my my favorite introduction to like characters because mm-hmm. we saw them as kids, but as adults, yeah. my favorite introduction was a. Uh, that Al scene was, yeah, with, no, well, they had to get that 52 second, like that, they have to get the last cut of a documentary that they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For news, and they had 52 seconds before they went on air, and they mm-hmm. were like just putting in on recording. Yeah. And just like everyone, how everyone interacted in that frame mm-hmm. was like Holly Hunter, like screaming at Bobby to get the cut out. Bobby, 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 Bobby. It's just like Blair's like freaking out on the other ear. Mm-hmm. Like there's another dude like freaking out behind there. It's like, mm-hmm. we need this cut. We need this. We need the other thing. Give it to me. We're not going to be ready. Call New York. They're going to come to black. Mm-hmm. All the anxiety packed in that one little shot. It's like a tiny room. Everyone's yeah. back screaming yeah. at each other. It's just like, it was a favor. It's like, and it, and I liked it because it showed that even though, because she's kind of like neurotic and crazy. Oh, very much, yes. Um, but when she's in that environment, she knows exactly what to do and she knows how to address it and she's good at it. Mm-hmm. But when you take her out of that environment, everything doesn't work quite that well. Yes. Which is kind of the point of the movie, mm-hmm. really. It's like the movie's about obsessive people that mm-hmm. um, only do great in one respective area of their life, but they're too scared mm-hmm. to try to branch out to the other one, which yeah. is why the love triangle is complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just I just love that they they highlighted that obsession immediately. Yes. Into the thing. There was uh, there was two for me: uh, obsession and compassion. Uh, compassion. Um, the, like compassion. Uh, compassion. All right. So we have we have three two characters that doesn't that don't understand compassion or um, what's the word that I wrote down for it or. Uh, uh, it was in a, yeah, no uh, affection. Affection. They don't understand compassion or affection, and um, the the highlight of it is with me and you being in film school and mm-hmm. understanding screenwriting. Um, when when a character gets to a point, they have three places that they can go. Mm-hmm. You know, they can go to church, they can go to the bar, they go to the parents. And in this in this scene, he goes to his father. His father yeah. comes in, and um, when when uh, Holly's character when uh, when Jane walks in and she's like, so what's the big deal? You know, she goes off on him she's using swear words like fuck Mm -hmm. she's screaming loudly and she's just giving him everything she's pissed the fuck off you know from and not even you know um reasonably (laughs) you know there's no real reason for it and then because he told her her own head yeah she's on her own head yeah and he told her the night before it was like my father was coming in town so um she he she finally opens the door fully to see that Oh, this is her fa- his father. Her father is right here. And then she she's kind of like eating crow. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And she walks out of the room. The father was like, uh, you want to you hear some advice from me? And he was like, oh, no, no, no. She's really a good girl. He's like, no, you want to hear some advice from me? That is not the, uh, that is not the way that an affectionate woman acts. Yeah. You know, and and it's something that when I say uh, affection and compassion, it has, that's something that that Tom understands. Mm-hmm. He understands affection and compassion, and there's a line of truth that you shouldn't give to everyone. And you clearly see how um, 
What's the character? Al Brooks Aaron doesn't have that compassion at all. No. Even with his best friend, you know, just like us. So what, what happens with us in five years? You know, after she tells him that she's um she might be in love with, with Tom mm-hmm. and all of this is like, so what happens in five years? So he's gonna quit he quit the job, he's gonna go off somewhere. So it's like what's what happens with us? He was like, Well, five years from now, I'll I'll be in town to accept my award for uh for writing in Portland and uh, I'll be here with my wife and kids and then my, my son will say something uh strange and then I'll I'll say um, something nice to make fun of single fat ladies. Single single fat ladies, yes. Who was just like projecting her future, which was very possible, you know. But it was like that's a truth to him that didn't show compassion but, or affection at all towards somebody that he cares why, about. That's why I, I didn't like Albrook's character mm-hmm. near the end of the movie because he was just looking to hurt because he was hurt. It, I mean, it was a possible truth. I mean, he yeah. gave he gave both versions of it. He was like, this is one thing that can happen, and then it was like, okay, okay no, what will also another version of that is I come back and town we catch up on old times we both get really heated over each other and we never do anything about it right you know like those are like two and then the truth is somewhere in the middle you know you're not going to get all heated up against with each other most likely every single time yada yada the truth is somewhere in the middle but it's just he just lacks the filter to be compassionate towards even somebody that he cares about right um the uh jane she's the same as well she she doesn't understand that's what he the the father points out to him it's like that she's not a compassionate or an affectionate woman and um you see one example of that on the phone (laughs) it was one of my favorite scenes uh she's like um she's like no don't tell me that i did all of this and then you worried about a fucking parking spot no you get it done no you don't try you do it do it or i'll fucking fry your fucking fat ass you do it and then then paul like the, the boss over all of them I didn't like, know she was so good yes yes <laughs> and you know when it's like that's that's her just being so blunt to the point and not affectionate or compassionate at all like that's just completely dead when it comes to her job and what's important to her but uh, we're talking about like lack of affection and compassion mm-hmm. and like someone like Tom that has all of those things mm-hmm. but I feel like Holly Hunter's character mm-hmm. Jane was like more honest than she was very honest. Any anything that Tom would have said, even affectionately. Oh no! Like the mm. way that like Tom Tom was perceived the nice guy. Mm. Jane can be perceived as a as an asshole, like bitchy woman of the group. Yeah. But like I felt like she was way more honest than she any was. Of the other she was one hundred percent honest. Mm. She well, well the, what she felt was honesty. Mm-hmm. You know she was she was one hundred percent about it. Uh, even when um. Uh, when Tom told her that um, for, for a long time I've been seeing the energy your energy and I've been wondering what it's like to be inside that energy right. and then she takes a shot of her drink she was like me too and she's like ready like okay we're gonna go have sex mm-hmm. and then he backs away from it was like why did I say that like I normally I don't, I don't say things like that right. and then she she's like immediate it was like well, this is the reason why you said that I got I can think of two reasons nope I just thought of a third you know so she's using her brain as it's happening there's mm-hmm. no like malintent or like um, hidden agendas behind what she's trying to say yeah, and so it's not malicious yeah, not malicious at all. So, I mean, she's giving her 100% truth, and it's unfiltered. But like you said, with Al Brooks' character, there is a bit of um, malicious intent there yeah, sometimes, right. you know. But, yeah. Here's a, here's my problem with uh, the lack of affection. Mm. I, I don't think that Jane was a uh, disaffectionate character, a character mm. with, that, with lack of affection. Okay. I just think that her affection didn't stem from the same place that everybody else's affection stem from mm. her affection stem from knowing what like a person is thinking having sort of like an honest conversation with that person mm. so like if, if if you if you like for some reason fucked me over and like she wanted to get right to the issue the reason she barges in cr- screaming first of all it's been on her head all day she's like known to nervous breakdowns mm. so she's been thinking about it she walks into the office and the reason she's walking into that office is not because she's angry it's because mm. she cares enough to yeah, try to cares. figure out what happened she cares yeah 
So she's obviously like affectionate, but she mm. just like her own brain and her own neurosis don't let her express that affection in the way that Tom would express it if he had a problem. Therefore, she's seen as an in, like inaffectionate character, but mm-hmm. she's one of the characters that care the most. She cared enough. Oh about, no! Oh yeah, we. She we, was so conflicted. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we can we can see her her affection and her compassion, but I'm saying as far as what other characters can see from it. Yeah. The good thing with it being her story, yeah, we're involved in every aspect of her life. Right. But it just as far as her interactions with other people, with her being a more affectionate, compassionate person than uh, William, not William Hurt's character. Um, Al Brooks, Aaron, he would have they they would have been a couple, you know. There there would have been many opportunities for her to be coupled up, even with his um his extrapolation of her life. She's an older, fat, single lady, and even in the reality, seven years later, she's a single lady. Well, she's she's uh, she's not married. She just met a new guy three months ago, you know. So she's not she still hasn't found like long term partnerships, you know, within this timeline or seven years from now. So it's still something she's dealing with that, that outward affection, compassion. That is true. Apart from like the Jane relationship thing and the affection and compassion, another interesting thing about this movie that I found was that the the whole thematic of the movie, like the whole movie is a love triangle, but the thematics of the movie is flash over substance. Mm -hmm. It's like whether, the new system is becoming a show mm-hmm. or actual news, and and then like Tom and epitomizes the the Flash, uh, Al Brooks character uh, Aaron Aaron yeah yeah he epitomizes the sort of the substance that the news used to be. He's good at being a newscaster yeah, but he's not good at being the Flash yeah. And and Jane is sort of the person that's fighting for it to keep all the the ethical sort of journalistic integrity, but yeah. she's stuck between these two worlds because she's attracted to the Flash. Yeah. But she really believes in sort of the substance of the newest media. And I think it's interesting that a, that a romance movie has a social commentary about yes. the way that they media really, yeah. evolves into like, uh, I have so much hair in my mustache, I have to <laughs> brush it off every five seconds. Uh, it's interesting to me that a, like a movie like this, a love triangle movie, yeah. which could have been just a generic love triangle movie, yep. brought the news in and started sort of making this social commentary about the way that media works, the way we tell stories to people, yep. the way like... Are we are we salesmen or are we newscasters? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? And then not only that, but then like tie that back into the like the way that the the economy works. Mm-hmm. Like the whole place is having a a, a sort of a layoff because of this flash over substance matter. They realize that they can do more things that look better mm-hmm. while not working nearly as hard to get the substance that it had before. Yeah. So they lay off twenty seven people of the department and cut twenty four million dollars out of the budget. Yeah. In like 1987, yeah. uh, like this is what the place is movie, the time this movie takes mm-hmm. place. That's insane because that's a, like that's a time when like media's having problems. Uh, fuck, media's having problems, you know, being believed and people are distrusting mm-hmm. media. So like, this movie has a lot of social commentary that I thought oh, yeah. was amazing. Apart from the social commentary of having like workaholics be obsessed with their work mm-hmm. enough that whenever they have an opportunity for happiness, they go back to their work because they're afraid of being happy. So, like, the movie, I mean, the movie did a great job of balancing those two story elements for me and then tying them back up together at the end with the ethical dilemma that Jane faced when she found yeah. out that Tom Tom uh, faked a tear on the mm-hmm. date rape piece that he did. Yep. And it was just, like, it was just, like, in terms of writing, mm-hmm. just, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. That was a... There yeah. was, uh, yeah, the piggybacking off of that, I, I liked a lot of the, uh, like I said, the flash substance. Mm-hmm. And there was, there were two people, well, one person that knew it all along uh, in Paul. Paul right. was the, um, the, the boss of the entire uh, corporation. And another person that, uh, that, w- that wanted to learn that. 
and that's uh, Tom. Mm-hmm. You know, the flash and substance. He wanted to learn from them. He came. He came from uh, sports. You know, when it was all flash, and now he's coming into an area to where you actually need substance. He's he, he's uh, challenged by Aaron. He was like, uh, "Do you know all the uh, the names of the the house, the cabinet?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, I do." And he was like, "All 12? And he was like, "Yeah." They're only ten. Like just to <laughs> fuck with them, you know. It's like a but but the uh, the flash substance in in both. So uh, Paul, he understands that you need a little bit of both. You need your truth. You need your facts, but you also need to bring people in. You know, to to watch these things that you're trying right. to show in the first place. And a good example of Holly uh, Jane's character not understanding that is the beginning of the movie. She's doing like a a conference of sorts, and she's giving all of these this factual information out, and everyone is bored to death. Right. Like they are bored. Like people are leaving in the middle of her talking so she was like hold on here's an example of bad news and when she shows that example everyone starts clapping everyone's paying attention and they're happy and they're clapping and she doesn't understand like you have to have that balance you can't just feed them vegetables and say go get full you know you have to give them both you know give them the good with the bad give them a little bit of both so um the character like i said the character that does understand that is tom and what I wanted to point out, uh, there's a scene outside where Paul is talking to Jane and they're, they're having a bit of an argument, but he's an older guy, so he doesn't have to go to her level. Mm-hmm. So, um, she, no, I think this is my favorite scene. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so they're having the argument and she's pointing out her, her case. She was like, no, this is why I'm right. This is why I'm right. And then it was like, you just, nope. You know what? I'm just absolutely wrong. And you're absolutely right. You know, it, 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 it must feel great to know that you're the, um, the smartest person in the room. All she, of the time. Yeah. And she's like, no, it's it awful. <laughs> yeah. It feels awful. Fucking it, right. Just fucking hit me. Yeah. And, um, and then later on, that, that was like a, a little, a bit of an advertisement for later. Because um, Paul sees Tom and Jane together at a ball. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into whispering in Jane's ear. He was like, I'm glad to see that you're, you're becoming a little more flexible now. You change your mind about Tom and she like freaks out. Or yeah, because bit. like it's not just change your mind about the person, it's your ideology. Mm-hmm. And that that causes her to look over something that as an experienced producer, she would have figured that out in the first second. Mm-hmm. You know, with the, the camera crews with him faking the tear, that's something that she would have, that's instant. That's mm-hmm. something that Al picked up immediately. You By know? the way, the thing that we're talking about the tear is, because mm-hmm. I don't think we explained why no. the tear matters, mm-hmm. is that uh, she has a scot of ethics because you never fabricate the truth or yeah. a reaction or a shot. You go there for the truth and what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom, he did a piece on a, on a date rape uh, case. Mm-hmm. And while the interviewer was talking, uh, they cut to him crying a tear. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that uh, he faked that tear in order to have a reaction that made him look more human mm-hmm. so that people would relate to the story. Yeah. Yeah, the only problem is that it was fucking fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a... Um, there's a thing where Tom, well, matter of fact, um, you remember when Aaron calls, uh, he says Tom is the devil. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like spitting out what Tom's the devil. And um, a quick thing about uh, William, <laughs> William Hurst's character, uh, they said there was basically he was lined up to be the next anchor, you know, behind mm-hmm. Bill, behind uh, Jack Nicholson's character. Uh, they said William Hurt, uh, he was great on camera, he was great on camera, but incapable of discerning authenticity from fakery. Meanwhile, Albert Brooks types will end up doing superior journalism in smaller markets, the TV word for cities. <laughs> And uh, Holly Hunter types will keep on fighting the good fight, meeting deadlines, plus a new one, the biological clock. Right. You know, so she's not only fighting that deadline of, you know, work every single day, like she's an aging woman who's trying to find love and possibly a family and kids and all those other things, you know, at, and balance those things together. It, the, this movie really, like like I said before, and the movie really is about obsessive people. Mm-hmm. People that are neurotic in the way they do their work. 
people that are obsessed with an idea of truth, people mm. that think the world works one way when it's actually working another way. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's in the middle. It's, it's right there in the middle with, mm. um, like I said, the older person, Paul. I'm sure he came in like Jane, most likely. I mean, they yeah. seem to identify with each other very strongly, but he's at a point to where, like, no, it's not just this way, but it's not just that way either, mm. you know? And that's kind of like where I talk about a lot where I live in. Like, it's this way because this is the way that I can function. I can function in black and white. It's this way. Mm. And then the older experienced guy's like, no, it's neither one of those ways. You know, right. it's, it's, it's somewhere in the gray area, like you like to say, it's somewhere in between in the gray area, you know, for him. But um, there, there's a scene where Tom, even after uh, Aaron, uh, Al Brooks character is just punishing him as mm-hmm. much as he can just because how um, how easy Thomas had it, you know, mm-hmm. how difficult that Alice had it. And Tom is still giving him advice to become an anchor, you know, to yeah. be like him. He's doing everything that he can for him. And he's saying he tells Aaron, he's like, just remember that you're not just reading the news, you're narrating, it, you're narrating it. Everybody has to sell a little. You're selling them the idea of you. You're sort of saying, trust me, I'm credible. So when you feel yourself just reading, stop and start selling. Right. You know? Which is, again, the problem. Not the problem, mm-hmm. but it's like the, the central conflict of yeah. all these characters. Mm-hmm. Do I sell myself or do I stand up for what I believe? Like, what's, mm-hmm. the, what's the thing? And like uh, Al Brooks has an interesting argument with it when in that scene where he says that Tom is a devil, yeah, because he's like he stands for everything, everything that you're against, yes. And and she was like, well, you asked him for help, and I was like, it's like this weird thing. It's like he wanted the shot of being an anchor because mm-hmm. maybe people would like him better, maybe he would get something out of Jane, yeah. So he asked Tom for help, and Tom Tom's like genuinely, I think, not a bad character. He's not an asshole. No, hmm. he's just a guy that's just like he's just the most human character. Yeah. And he's just ambivalent, and he goes with whatever feels right at the moment. Mm-hmm. And just he knows that in order to succeed, he has to make some sacrifices, yeah. whether they're ethical or not. Yeah. And like that's the problem that people like Jane and Albrook can come to terms with, yeah. and that's what ultimately causes all the the deterioration of their relationships. Mm-hmm. Which I think, I mean, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating little movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, a couple more quotes. Uh, let's see. Um, Paul, <laughs> yeah, like I said the uh, the one from earlier. It must be nice uh, to always believe that you know better, to always think that you're the smartest person in the room. That's that's impactful for me, yeah. you know, because like I said, it, it it number one it identifies him to her, and then number two is just that. Um, that ability that that like she's like no it's awful like i'm i'm saying that no you're right i am always the smartest person in the room and it doesn't feel great <laughs> to be sitting in a room with idiots all the time <laughs> i know that that's why that line first of all made me laugh and then mm-hmm. hit home because yeah. like, i'm not i know i'm not always the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. but but feeling that way yes i kind of feel that way a lot of the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that, and that's the thing that's like the uh, the paul moore guy is like i mean he's he has the wisdom like you you are the smartest person in the room in one aspect but you're only looking at it one way right and that's what she wasn't getting yeah. out you know and, and that's that's where tom was tom was like okay yes i'm winning in this aspect that i'm i'm tall and i'm attractive and but i, I have don't a good know what the fuck is happening on the other bit yes but it was like i'm not gonna pretend like i do either right like i'm gonna find every single person that knows what they're doing and surround myself with it and which it, was uh, was my favorite part about his character yeah 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 he was he was willing to learn mm-hmm. and uh al brooks he was not as willing to learn you know he he reluctantly went to tom for help but even as tom is trying to help him he's not taking the advice as quickly it was like you know take your take your shirt and tuck it under your under your butt when you sit on it you know so you'll look better he's he just like whatever not doing it not right. doing it. it takes him to come over and do it for him you know, it's like then he sees himself in the mirror. He's like, oh. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. solid tip. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, quick question. Who hmm? do you think is the antagonist here? Do you think it's all? Do you think it's Tom? Oh, um, I'll have to go Al Brooks' character. 
Or Brooks? Yeah. Uh, person that will. So Aaron. Uh, no, no, I'm thinking of Tom because the person that she's supposed to be learning from and the person that has it, like Tom doesn't, Al Brooks' character doesn't have any direction to push. No, because um, they're already they're yeah, in the, they're same, all the direction. same place. Yeah, I, I, think have to Tom, go Tom. I think Tom is the antagonist because yeah. he's the one that yep. taught her yep. that you have to be moderately flexible with your ideologies. Yep. I'm going like with Tom that. as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, man, this is the problem with like Criterion movies because mm-hmm. like there's really I don't have anything really to critique about the movie. Mm. The movie was really it was filmed beautifully. It was filmed simply. My favorite shot. Do you know when Jane's in his ear and they're doing the first show together? And yes. it's like a tracking shot that starts with Tom and then it just sort of connects them through the window. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, that shot. That was so sexy. Nice. Um, that was a sexy shot. Yeah. But like, there's nothing about this movie that I can think was like bad. There's no. nothing about this movie that I can think I was dissatisfied with. Mm. It did exactly what it wanted it to, when it wanted to do it, how it wanted to do it. Gave the message that it wanted to. You got the message that they wanted you to get. Mm. And you got it because they delivered all of the information when they had to deliver all that information. Oh, yeah. And, 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 like, that's hard for a movie to do. For a movie that's a romantic triangle that can be just as simple as three people falling in love at the same time, mm-hmm. and then to introduce something as complex as, like, flash over substance in a news media setting, which is a discussion that to this day is happening. Yeah. Where it's like, are we just, like, are we just selling news or are we actually telling people the news? Yes. What are we doing? They even have a discussion of that at the party uh, when Blair is talking to Paul, saying, yeah. like, and then all Brooks character calls, calls her an ass kisser. Yep. Because they're doing that. So, like, to have a movie to have that romantic triangle, that element of sort of, like, economic flashover substance and, like, that media flashover substance, and then to sort of introduce the internal conflict of three people trying to make it into the world with their respective ideologies, mm-hmm. it's just like, holy fuck. I mean, that's just great fucking writing. Yeah. yeah. And, and especially for something to translate. Like, the movie was made in 1987. That's about 30 years ago yeah. now. Yeah. And some, something for that to translate into this age like there has to be a timeless concept. Oh it. yes, definitely. And and and, and like I I'm, I may not know exactly what it is, mm. but I know that it's there, and I think it's a social political commentary of this movie that made the, this movie feel timeless. There was another good uh, flash of a substance that you mm-hmm. were saying just now. The um, when Al Brooks and uh, the redhead uh, they're sitting there and like the the, the kissing ass thing. Mm-hmm. So she goes up and she compliments the boss, you know, says something nice, you know, to him, whatever. And then she's like, uh, "You think that's kissing ass?" She's like, "No, I think anybody that that walks up to their boss, you know, puckers their lips up, presses it against his butt, and, and kisses is an ass kisser." And then she was like, I, "I was almost, I was getting to be attracted to you." It was like, "Oh well, that changes everything," you know. Because if if, if he would have known that she was interested in him, then he would have he would have showed her affection, like he would have gave yeah. her that compassion. But but otherwise, I'm just gonna give what my 100 percent version of the truth is mm-hmm. is this is what i define as an ass kisser and it's it, and it's like it's not even it's like saying it's like the when i call myself an asshole i'm not trying to say it negatively i'm just saying these are the characteristics of this and yeah. i'm that that's what it is then this is asshole. What it is. yeah so it's like an ass kisser these are the characteristics of an asshole i mean of, of, of a kiss ass and you you can decide if that's what you are but these are the characteristics you know so it's like he doesn't see himself as doing a negative thing you know mm-hmm. at all he's just calling a spade a spade and she's like you didn't have to do that you know right. like okay I'm, yes i'm a spade i am a kiss ass but there's like that's that balance in the truth and you do have to kiss a little ass yeah. <laughs> it's just like with the 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 flash versus substance like you got to have a little flash you know? and, I, and i do think that by the end the two characters learn that i think oh. by the seven years later mark mm-hmm. i feel like tom being the most successful one i think both oh, characters kind of went and adapted that ideology of like well maybe somewhat. you gotta have a little bit of both things somewhat yeah uh, now they're both comfortable with each other there's no like love triangle mm-hmm. like they understand what happened they're placing the world yeah and like they know they know what they are yeah at the end of the movie 
there was a um, there was a shorthand between Al and uh, Al Brooks's well, Aaron and uh, and Jane, mm-hmm. and it was just like you you want them to get together so bad. Like, oh yeah, I was like, meet me at the thing where we did the thing. Yes, he said, okay, I'll meet you at the place near the thing where we went that time. Yeah, and it was just that's so vague, but it's just like their relationship is so tight that it was like they didn't even have to think. But like, okay, meet you there, click. Right. It was like what? Where like I really wanted them to get together until mm-hmm. the moment that that Aaron's character blew up mm-hmm. at her. Then I realized, you're not really, like, a friend. And even she mm. says it. She's like, this isn't friendship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, you're not really a friend. You just kind of want to get in her pants. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, there's a thing from uh, from earlier on when they when they introduced his character. Mm-hmm. He's at his um, he's like the valedictorian of his class, and he's explaining oh, shit, right. he's good. explaining how um, how we graduated so much earlier than the, than everyone else. He was like, "Yeah, I, I'm in high school with everybody, but I don't like anybody in my in my graduating class. You know what? Had I liked anybody in this high school, then I might have stayed here for my full four years. You know, but <laughs> the fact that I don't like any of you is what what motivated me to um, to do." All that much schooling to graduate that much much faster, and he goes on to like kind of dismiss everyone at the school, yada yada. The and next I scene, forgive you. yeah, yeah, and I, and I forgive you, yeah. The next scene is him getting beat up, you know, by four guys outside of the school, still inside the other uh, cap and gown and everything, and he's just like taking the punishment because he knows it's over. Like he's out of here. He's going to like he's in a small town area to where people don't care about anything. They don't think about the world the way that he does. So as he's taking the punishment, he was like, you know what? I, I'll tell you something. You'll never, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never make more than nineteen thousand dollars a year. And then the guys are kind of like not reacting to it at all, and they, they walk off. And then there was like nineteen thousand eight dollars a not year. Bad. Nice, all right. <laughs> it's like to them, that's amazing. To them, it's like you could tell them you'll never see the outside of this state. And there was like, well, shit, my mother's never seen outside of the state. You know, it's like the small town people, right, and they're yeah. so small minded. So by the time he gets to um, by the time he's older, he still has that same mindset of the a 16-year-old mm-hmm. that's still being bullied. And, and in a way, he is. I mean, Tom has the, the handsome, tall guy is just immediately come in with no credentials whatsoever, doesn't know the house, the cabinet, doesn't know anything. But because of what you look like, then you're heralded as better. Right. You know, in Al's And he takes every opportunity to put him down. There's a... Um, but like to the point where he starts being an asshole about it. Definitely is. Yeah. He definitely is. I mean, um, he 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 points out the alliteration mm-hmm. about him because you know he's <laughs> that's one of the things he's using as a journalist. But it was like no, it was like um, should I would have so it was like uh, I I I forget I w- the alliteration that he said. Yeah. I I you had it written down. I did. Yeah, you did. I saw it. Uh, alliteration for something powerful reporters. Yeah. Or something. Like that. I yeah I know. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, Oh, what about the oh, and the uh, the scene where they're firing everyone mm-hmm. when everybody's getting fired, and they call um they call Tom uh to to the office. He was like, "Shit, am I getting fired?" Like in his mind, he was like, mm-hmm. "Am I about to get fired?" So he's sitting there, and a guy's coming out from being fired, and the guy's like, um, he was like, "Well, you know, it's almost flattering. I'm so old, you know, to call this an early retirement for me." He was like, "Yeah, well, you've been here a long time. Well, just there's let me know if I there's they, if there's anything that I can do for you." He was like, "Well, I uh, certainly hope you'll die soon." <laughs> <laughs> Moments of, um, like that. little moments of dry humor <laughs> if there's anything I can do for you well I certainly hope you'll die soon <laughs> there's a uh, there's one more scene where um, where Aaron is talking to um, talking to Jan and he's like I'm gonna stop right now except that I would give anything if you were two people so that I could call up one who's my friend and tell her about the one that I like so much right you know, it's like, Whoa. which I thought was a pretty good line. Yeah, oh yeah, a pretty sexy line. Yeah, 
Then he fucked it up though. Like I mean, that's what I hate about Albrecht Kasher. He like, didn't he, have a chance. He didn't have a chance. I mean, if he if he was the person that he was projecting himself to be, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have gone that far into a friendship. Like after year one, it's like, hey, I'm interested in you. I want to pursue a relationship instead of like waiting five years, like no. slowly being a friend. It was like creepy at that point. Like you're never gonna get it. I know. Like, I know what you're saying, but it's it's just like the whole attitude of Albrecht. Like I lost mm-hmm. Albrecht's character. Like like mm-hmm. the third last of the movie. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't care about him care yeah. i mean i just didn't i just didn't like sympathize with him anymore i didn't mm. like i thought he was an asshole he's an asshole yeah he's an he's asshole but i mean I, I only i don't think i cared for any of them like i didn't i didn't see jane like being successful well successful in business but i didn't see her being successful like socially in in her life see i, I kind of thought that she would i really yeah. thought that she would uh, and then just because i because i i know that kind of person sometimes mm. i think that i am the kind of person that jane would be mm. and all right like if, if she were real like i i identify with that personality type so i, mm. I was like maybe it's just hopeful projecting yeah i mean yeah like, i would say it could be hopeful <laughs> because they didn't give us any information yeah, to say yeah. you know that you know by the end but uh and and we gotta close up because we're running out of time i got a few hold on a few more from her mm. um tom and aaron is talking they'll say uh, when tom is saying um what do you do when your real life exceeds your wildest dreams? Keep it to yourself. Keep it to your goddamn self. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's another amazing, amazing line that I'll take from outside of the movie. Uh, there's one between uh, Blair and Aaron. Uh, Blair and it's like, oh, you think you think anyone's proud of the work that we do as an ass kisser? Mm-hmm. I didn't know the, the words, though, to it. <laughs> uh, you think anybody's happy as an ass kisser? It's like, no. I think anyone who puckers up their lips, presses against their boss's buttocks, and then smooches is an ass kisser. Then Blair's like, oh my gosh. For a while there, I was attracted to you. You know, it was like that's that's just like what the fuck, asshole. Like <laughs> you know, like you didn't you didn't have to. You didn't have to. But yeah. My my other favorite moment, apart from from the ones that I've already said, is like, you know, when they've they've done finishing they finished the show mm. for the first time that Jane was in Tom's ear. Yeah. And then he comes in and he was like, That was like sex. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Just two things. First of all, it means uh, when you take it up, when you take that scene with the context of the other movie, mm. and you realize that these people never get that excited about actual sex. Yes. In, in the whole entire movie, they show one sex scene with Tom, and it's not that exciting. Right. As soon as it's over, he was like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna go to the bathroom here," and then the, the closet becomes the focus more so right. than the sex in, in the yeah. And so, like, no one gets excited about sex in the movie, but mm-hmm. then here is comparing how exhilarating his work was mm-hmm. to sex, yeah. highlighting more of the obsession. The obsession with work, yeah. The obsession with work. So oh, like, like I, I, the reason I think this movie works as a mm. movie is because it's not, it's a love triangle movie mm. that's not focused on the love triangle. Definitely, yeah. It's a love triangle movie that's focused on the way three different people are obsessed with the same thing yeah. and how their relationships suffer because they're obsessed about that thing yeah. while still giving social commentary on a workaholic-obsessed culture mm-hmm. and, I, and that's focused on selling you things that you don't need yeah. so you can impress people that you don't need to be friends with. Mm-hmm. So like at the end, you're just satisfied with what you got instead of having actual substance to your thought. Mm-hmm. That's what the movie really is about. And then th- that's why I thought the movie worked. I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. It's, it's such real characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love movies like this that I can see differently. Like, mm-hmm. I've I seen this, I guess, in the late, early 2000s. And like I said, I loved the girl, the um, James character. Mm-hmm. And to the great. point to where I took screenshots and I was like, whenever my daughter, my daughter was like three at the time or something. Like, whenever my daughter gets older, then I'm going to braid her hair in the way. Did you, there was one scene where her hair is sure, braided so. only on the side. Yeah. You know, the rest is down. I was like, yeah, my daughter's going 
going to have that exact same hair. Like, I love that. And I was like, I was Jane. Like, I was <laughs> identified with it. But earlier on, I was Al. Mm-hmm. You know, then I watched it as I was older and I was Jane. And now I watch it this time and I was like, I'm Tom. <laughs> you know? And then, and then I was like, but I admire Paul. Like, I want to be Paul. You know, so it's just like seeing it through so many different lenses and it's and I wouldn't be able to do that unless the writers had truth through every right. character you know it, that, that's the best part about this movie I yeah. think just the truth that's insulting all of them I really oh, yeah. did identify with Jane's character mm-hmm. uh, a lot oh yeah probably because like there, there's like we've had the, the we have had a pattern we've had mm-hmm. movies that the, the characters are sort of socially unable to navigate mm-hmm. or or characters are neurotic or that are inside their own head for far too long, and it just fucks up their relationships. You guys should go back and listen to it. Uh, we got a Fight Club, Girl Interrupted, and Andy Hall. Yeah. yeah. So like, I get it. I mean, these characters are, are like the reason why I, I write things and mm-hmm. the reason I make movies because there's like those are the characters that are like inside yep. my head because that's where that's what I am mm-hmm. in, in a way. And so I, I enjoy the movies that give truth to those characters nice. because in a way it makes me feel like hey. <laughs> Maybe I'm okay. <laughs> yes. Like if someone if someone is able to put that much truth into a character, then there's somebody else out there like me. You know, yeah, it's like right. what I felt like each time. So, so that, that's that's probably why I love this movie so much. It's a brilliant movie. Yes. Of course, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's you in say the fucking... To, you say tomato. Tomatoes, yeah. I say tomato. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No credit. I'm sorry. You say, you say potato. You say tomato. I say tomato. You say potato. I say potato, 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 tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. All right. What is this song? Uh, it's Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald. Let's call the whole thing off. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ninety-eight percent in Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Brilliant movie. It's in yes. the Criterion Collection. Go the, watch it. What I the mean, fuck's a tomato? It's a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you call it a tomato? Because it's a fucking tomato. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> We're done talking about the movie. Go watch it. It's in the Criterion Collection. It's great. Yes. Jane's great. Holly Hunter's great. Everyone's great in it. And it's fucking tomato. Louis Armstrong, that is. Louis fucking Armstrong. Hey. It's still tomatoes. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> I don't care what anyone tells me. Is it potato as well? Then? No, it's still potato, but it's still what? tomato. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good reason anymore. I like. I grew up watching uh, British cooking shows, mm. and so they always call tomatoes tomatoes, mm. but potatoes potatoes. So fuck me, I guess. No, whatever. Right. <laughs> you know? Is it? Um, what what is the the word for? It's like a um. It's brown. You make it by putting sugar and butter and mixing mixing it up. Caramel. Caramel. Yeah. Not caramel. Caramel. What what is the name for the uh, the peanut that they make pies with it sometimes? Pecan. Pe what? Pecan. Pecan. Yeah, it's a pecan. A pecan. Pecan. It's a pecan nut. Pecan with a hard a. Yeah. Pecan. <laughs> then how did you pronounce the other one? Car- people say pe- people, I, I say caramel caramel with yeah. a hard a so that's still consistent caramel instead of caramel mm-hmm. um if you pecan, pecan if pecan. if if something can be done what's the opposite of something that can be done something that can't be done 
One more time? Something that can't be done. Can't. Yeah. That's a soft A. Huh. <laughs> My accent's all over the fucking place. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My accent is not consistent at all. It's like I'll, I'll give it because like like if it was like like pecan, yeah. then if you were to say can't, then that's all you got two hard A's. You know, in caramel, all hard A's. Yeah. Nope. You know? Then then can't. And I was like, oh well, all right. Well. My accent's all over the fucking place. <laughs> I'm a Puerto Rican man that learned English by watching British television while growing up in America. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. So, you know, your British accent is pretty me. on point, though. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this weekend, uh, television and movies um, from Tuesday, March the 28th through Monday, April the 3rd. Um, first thing, uh, Joe Coy live from Seattle will be on uh, Tuesday, March the 28th. Uh, stand up. Uh, stand up, yeah. Uh, Joe any, Coy, what does the name sound familiar? Uh, he ran with um, what's the blonde lady? Uh, Chelsea Handler. Okay. Yeah, he ran with Chelsea Handler for a long time while she was on E. So uh, he's a funny guy. He has a huge Asian following, and mm-hmm. he's 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 a funny dude. So, nice. Uh, that'll be out the same day that this episode comes out. Uh, the next show is called Rebel. Uh, Rebel is a new television show. It's a drama on BET at 9 p.m. Um, BET typically doesn't have the greatest television shows, mm-hmm. but uh, this one, uh, there's a point to it. Uh, says a timely drama series about a racially racially motivated police shooting is directed by John Singleton, and um, it's starring Method Man. So there, there's and there's also a number of other people in it. So like John Singleton, he directed Boys in the Hood. Um, just a, a number of um, films uh, featuring around black people mm-hmm. that that portrayed us accurately. Okay. You know? Is he a black man, John yeah. Singleton? Yeah, yeah. So um, he's he's the guy that got uh you know Ice Cube mm-hmm. like. Well, Ice Cube, the Hollywood Ice Cube, mm-hmm. like John Singleton is the person that took Ice Cube from NWA Niggas with Attitude rapping to Hollywood, like Hollywood. Yeah, okay. he was like, if you're the leader of this rap group and you're writing all of these lyrics, you're telling stories through these songs. Like you could write a script. He was like, well, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that. But he was like, no, it's that easy. I'm gonna. So he said he wrote like three scripts and they were all shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and John Singleton was honest with him. He was like, no, you can't write like that. Right. <laughs> you know, so so uh, he said after the third one he came up with Friday and then he said he worked with him a lot and fixed it all up and then showed him the format that he's been basing all of his future films on like nice. what we've been going to school for you know how to format a movie Fuck so yeah. Um, so yeah that's that's a rebel uh, so dramas on BET at 9pm that Tuesday I did not know Ice Cube wrote Friday yeah wrote directed he did he did everything oh wow um, the next movie or well, next television show is going to be Nobody's that's a comedy on TV Land. This is another station that I tend to stay away from. TV Land doesn't have great television programming. They just don't. <laughs> and then the um, the first name, like I'm not a super huge fan of Melissa McCarthy, but I do respect that she's you know out there doing her thing, so mm-hmm. she's great. But um, the reason I wanted to promote this is because it's from the ground. People at the Groundlings. Um, I did um, like a year and a half of stand-up, well, not, well improv first. Mm-hmm. And in that improv lane, I was like, wow, there's some incredibly talented people in here mm-hmm. that, that will most likely never get like that shine or recognition or people won't know their name on like a wild-scale basis, even right. outside of the state for the most part. And this is an example of Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcon that came from that environment and they're producing a television show and bringing the most talented people from those areas and oh, putting nice. them on television. So they said the uh, the second season has already been greenlit. It's um, a television show called Nobodies. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is a producer for this comedy uh, surrounding uh, veterans from the growlings. Um, and basically say they try to persuade their more famous friends to star in a movie that they have written. That's the the guys around the, the television okay, show. Cool. So don't know if I'll watch it or not, but I, want, I hope somebody I give does. Some shout outs. Yeah, because I mean... 
that could be me that could be somebody that's listening right now right. i mean the odds are stacked against you i mean it's, it's just true the odds are heavily stacked against you to ever achieve like an outlandish dream so i mean anybody that has that potential or possibility to do it i'm on your team man yeah fucking go for or it or a woman yeah, yeah uh the next thing is uh 13 reasons why it's on netflix friday march the 31st uh, an adaptation book an adaptation of the book uh, about the suicide of a teenage girl the 13 episode young adult drama series is directed in part by spotlights tom mccarthy written by pulitzer prize winning uh, brian yorkie and produced by selena gomez that's that's a lot that was such a like, weird like <laughs> yeah can you read that can you, yep yep can you read du- that again directed in part by spotlights tom mccarthy <laughs> written by Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Brian Yorkie and produced by produced Selena, by Selena Gomez <laughs> that was a, like shout out to Selena Gomez for producing it yeah. but like that's such a weird name to hear in that sentence yeah it is it was <laughs> like you, you don't think you're gonna hear like Pulitzer Prize and Selena Gomez in the same sentence <laughs> there you go <laughs> Selena and yeah. then like dude Spotlight was a great movie yeah so. hell yeah that should be interesting when mm. does that come out again uh, that will be out I believe Friday March 28th Friday March 28th let's see yeah Friday March 31st okay cool Friday, March 31st, that'll I be I might out. check that out for sure. Yeah, that's good that she's investing her money in, mm-hmm. in good places. Uh, very short movie week. Uh, first one we have is The Boss Baby. Mm. The Boss What's Baby. What's the other one? <laughs> 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 yes. I like that. <laughs> Real quick, it's PG, 97-minute runtime, has a 51 out of 100 meta score. Uh, it's directed by Tom McGrath. Um, the the rundown is a suit-wearing, briefcase-carrying baby pairs up with a 7-year-old brother to stop the dastardly plot of the CEO of Puppy Corporation. A suit-wearing, briefcase-carrying baby pairs up with his 7-year-old brother to stop a dastardly plot of the CEO of Puppy Man. Corporation. I think we have a shot of making it. If that's the movies that are coming out sometime. Yes, we definitely. Like, we can write like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, <it's>, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's like when we talk about like that flash and substancing. It's what's unfortunate is how much of the population loves the Flash. Yep. Like they love Flash, and it's. I give props. I guess it's getting off subject a little bit, but mm-hmm. I gave so much props in two thousand and like nine mm-hmm. to somebody by the, that we know by the name of Lady Gaga now. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, I fucking love Lady Gaga. It was uh, Stephanie Germanata. She, mm-hmm. she was uh, going through and touring different uh, colleges and playing piano, and she had this song called Electric Kiss. Mm-hmm. And But it was just like ballads and, you know, her on the piano. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wow, this girl is amazing. And then all my friends were like, well, what are, you know, she's all right. You know, why is she any different from whoever, whoever, you know? I mean, she it was, sounds great. <laughs> it was all substance. It was mm-hmm. amazing. And then it came out with wigs and, no, you don't call me by my name anymore. You don't call mm-hmm. me by stephanie german out of none of that it went into the flash part Mm -hmm. but it was so easy to accept all of this outlandish flash you know with the uh like all of the flash that was coming along like wearing fucking muppets and wearing meat clothes (laughs) and all of this different things because she is a truly 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 talented individual you know it's like she has the balance i mean and and you can tell that that was like a a market grab for the first like couple years oh yeah doing the weird thing definitely so you know, it's like if, if she if she was just a um, a Keisha, mm-hmm. like I don't know if y'all remember Keisha. She was out. She was only out for three years. Uh, it was Keisha, I thought. No, it's Keisha. It's K E S H A, Keisha, or I'm, Kesha, I'm, or Kesha. I Not think, Keisha. It's Kesha I, or Keisha. I thought it was Keisha because of the dollar sign and like it was like cash, like Keisha. 
Huh. I mean, I'm, we're I'm probably all both I'm, wrong. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I was, I was gonna <laughs> like, like try to remember, it and then we look it up after the show, yeah, and then but, we'll figure out who's right. But then we'll have to like spend more than twenty seconds that we've already used yeah. on something that we clearly don't, don't care, care about. about. <laughs> And then spend another 20 of them explaining that we don't care about it. <laughs> you know, but yeah, um, yeah, but the, the Flash and the Substance, she had she had both. It was like she has Flash and Substance. She was able to deliver and she exploded, you know. And then you'll get something like the movie that's coming out this week, Chips. Chips is out right now. That yep. is all Flash. You got this, The Boss Baby. It's going to be all Flash. I mean, you're, you're going to get that in music as well. You know, there's going to be all flash, no substance. And at some point, you have to realize, like, this is empty calories. Yeah, like, there's right. nothing here. And I think that's why, that's, that's why I like the fact that we do, like, a Criterion movie mm-hmm. a month. And yeah. we do, like, we try to, to balance out what we think would be fun and also what we think is important for film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I, I enjoy the fact that we do that. Because I mean, otherwise, I go insane. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't go there. We could even go further. But yeah. this is... I, I just had this conversation with Tessa today. This is a little yeah. bit inside baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... um. All right, so so we'll we'll have movies that that we'll do, mm-hmm. you know. So we'll we'll have movies that are are critically acclaimed, you know. And then those are movies that we're picking for ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. that we've seen before, we haven't, that we've heard is a very good movie that listeners might want to to enjoy listening about, or right. may have seen before, or is popular enough. And then we'll also go to like Criterion movies, movies that listeners may have never heard of before, yeah. you know, movies that we may have never seen, but you know, it's highly regarded. But what we don't do really is like say a movie. Like, um, there's a movie that I really, really enjoy called Spanglish, Mm -hmm. but it's not critically reviewed very well. It's not Criterion, and it's just overall not that great of a movie. And a lot of people haven't seen the movie. So I'm like, what would be the point of bringing this movie in? Because you're like, with the balance of having bad movies and good movies. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, now, not only just because I like this movie, now I have to subject Brian to watch this movie as well. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's that's one way around it, but it's like, it works both ways. But now I'm going to have to watch Suicide Squad or whatever. (laughs) movie that you understand this shit you know but then you'll have to make me watch that now so I'm like eh I think we're good (laughs) I'm not gonna subject Brian to watch I like the the, I like the preemptiveness of that if I make Brian watch this movie I have to watch Suicide Squad or something you know like that so I'd rather not I'd just rather not I'd rather not like it's not worth it (laughs) you know you know, it's just not. Uh-uh. That's really funny. But that's you heard it here, folks. Next block, Suicide Squad. What's happening? I mean, Suicide Squad is like a big popular. It was a big movie, yeah, so I mean, great. it wouldn't be that. But like, like Spanglish, nobody knows what the fuck that is. It's not great, but I love it. And I'm like, why would I subject the listeners and you to it? Like, what the fuck? You know? And then it's gonna come right back to me. Like, uh-uh. but yeah, that's uh, that's the boss baby. That's that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, the next thing is a uh, Ghost in the Shell. We've talked about oh, this a number fuck of yeah, times. Oh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Uh, I have the original 1995, I think 90, 1995, like animated Blu-ray with Once. me. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I think I'm going to do it before I watch this movie. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Uh, this movie looks great. The trailers look great and the, the, the action looks looks pretty good. And they did, I'm really fascinated with them because they did an unusual marketing strategy. What do you mean? Uh, on Twitter, they instead of releasing a second trailer, mm. they just gave us the first four minutes of the movie. They just mm. released the first four minutes of the movie. And I said, like, here, watch the first four minutes. See if you want to watch this fucking thing. I like that. And I was just like, I, I didn't watch the four minutes of the movie yeah. uh, just because I, I wasn't interested in watching that. Yeah. But, like, I like that a lot. I like that idea a lot, too. Because yeah. they're like, kind of like, hey, we can manipulate you with trailers. Mm. Or 
here's four minutes of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty smart. I like that. Um, so I think they, they, they definitely took the, the flack that they had getting because of the, the whitewashing and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, listen, we made a thing that we're proud of. Yeah. And if you want to go see it, here's a preview of it. Make your decision based on this. I like that. And, and I really, really appreciated that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plus, it's Scarlett Johansson. And she's like, you know, killing people half the movie while naked. It's unfortunate. So it's unfortunate that I'll have to like make a new uh, fake person that'll never sleep with me after like next year. But uh, Scarlett Johansson is amazing, and I mean, I could only hope to have her not sleep with me in the next thirty years, you know. But I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have to like pick someone else because like, what is she like my age? Like follow your dreams, folks. No, no, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, and guys, and guys. All right. So um, I guess I, I, I may have been telling, like I was talking earlier in the uh, in the episode about like the diet stuff, mm-hmm. and I guess I kind of got a. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes where I would like encourage you to go get the flu yeah. or AIDS in order to uh, to lose weight, I still stand by that. So um, <laughs> much easier, much easier than what I've been trying to do over the past month. <laughs> the flu, influenza, or AIDS, I, it has to be easier. So. You know, in the 1980s, you would have gotten crucified. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, goodness. I thought of another really, really bad one just now. You want to go for it? No, I think I'm going to hold off to it. I'll tell you as soon as we get off there. But it was, yeah. All right. All right. right. Uh, But yeah, that's that's Ghost in the Shell PG-13. I'm actually excited for Ghost in the Shell. I think I may see this as well. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, it's PG-13, 120-minute runtime listed as an action, crime, drama, mystery, science fiction thriller. Jesus the, fucking Christ. In the near future, uh, Major is the first of her kind, a human saved from a terrible crash who is cyber-enhanced to be a perfect soldier devoted to stopping the world's most dangerous criminals. Starring Scarlett Johansson. Which I am happy with. Yes. Is that, it? that up. That is it. God damn, that was a... That was a shoddy week for movies and TV. Yes, it was. Oh, did you see Dave Chappelle? I did. Which one? I, I thought he was funny. Which one did you see? I saw the first one. I haven't seen uh, the second one yet. Okay. Uh, I, I, th- I thought he was funny. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really good at delivering his jokes. You have to see the second one. But his humor in the first one... You have to see the second one. I think I grew... Yeah, I, I, no, the second one's a lot better. Because I saw it's, clips of the second one. The, I don't, it's, it just depends on how you like... The second mm-hmm. one is funnier-ish... Mm-hmm. But the first one, I think, is a lot better. And I wasn't able to appreciate the first one until I watched the second one. Because I was like, after the first one, I was like, is he transphobic? Is he homophobic? You know, like like those thoughts were like, I was like. And, and that's the thing, because I got those thoughts too. But I, mm-hmm. I recognized that it was just him making fun of how ignorant he was of the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was, I was fine with those jokes. I recognized yeah. them. Okay. But I, like, the it's the humor. It's the type of humor that I think I grew out of a mm-hmm. little bit. Because mm-hmm. I've been spoiled by the Mark Marins and the Louis C.K.'s. Yeah. You know, where, like, the humor is a lot more introspective. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah, more, yeah. like, more of, like, anxiety reading. And what's that guy that did the three mics thing? Then? A Neil Brent. Neil Brent. Yeah, Neil that's, Brent. that's who writes for, well, right. used well, to write for Dave Spiel. Right. So, like, it, I, I, like I, I, now I'm accustomed to those type of comedians yeah. where the comedy is a lot more introspective. Yeah. And I, I can look within myself and I go, like, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can't relate to Dave Chappelle anymore yeah. because he doesn't have that. But I still think he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He's he's more he's trying to get a little more introspective when mm-hmm. it comes to politics. Right. You know, and um, about being more socially conscious, about um, about being hypocritical. You My know, favorite joke mm-hmm. in the special. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
So there was this like huge charity for the the, the Michigan Flint. I hated that, that joke. I was man. scheduled to appear. Oh no! And Chris Rock calls with the ticket. Hey, you got tickets for the Oscar? It's like sure, nigga. I'm on the way to the airport right now. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! I did like that one. <laughs> I, I hated the Detroit one. Oh yeah, that was weird. That, I because not, because, not because I felt time. like I'm like, did you really do that in real life? You know, because I'm like, because it was like so bad. It was like, um, he was like, yeah, it's like, uh, and they booed me off. And I liked the joke before. He was like, they say I got booed off stage. I didn't get booed off stage. I got booed. I did not leave. <laughs> you know, and it was like, they sitting there booing and booing. And then one black lady, she gets up. It was just like, we want our money back. And then it was like, in this odd uh, sense of uh, racial harmony and unity, a white guy gets up, like, yeah, we want my money back too. And he said he was high as shit at the time. He was like, I snapped out of it immediately. He was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before y'all, just so y'all know, Ain't none of y'all getting y'all money back. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm like evil Knievel. I get paid by the attempt, <laughs> you know. So eventually he talks about how he bombed, and then um, he's like feels so bad about bombing so bad in Detroit, and um, and it was like yeah, you should take that money that you made those thousands of dollars and donate it to charity because mm-hmm. you didn't do anything at this comedy show. So he says he took half of those thousands of dollars and bought bubble gum and gave it to all the homeless people in Detroit so they would still be chewing like but still be hungry. Still be hungry yeah. yeah, and I'm like that's like the evilest. Like I could even laugh at the joke i was like that's not funny i like i didn't like that joke either. i still i laughed at the like holy fuck all right i laughed at the first part yeah. until the gum and the homeless people he, like, he had a lot you? of hit and misses he had mm. a lot of hits and a lot of misses yeah. like i feel like half the jokes he did were good and mm. half the jokes were just not landing yeah yeah um but uh, i mean i i love dave chappelle mm. and i'll, I'll <laughs> when he was talking about the the hollywood agent and it was like pitching movies saying that like oh, he was uh, in the in the oscar carpet mm-hmm. and like some dude approached him was like yep. why wow, he was on the other side of the fence yeah. it's like i've been on strike y'all niggas didn't stop working yeah and i have to watch kim peel do my show every mm-hmm. night that yeah. part fucking got me admittedly uh, my girlfriend hated that line until i made her like listen to a uh jordan peel was doing a lot of interviews before the get out mm-hmm. thing whatever and he talked about his conversation with uh, dave Chappelle and how dave tried to get key and peel on that episode of saturday night live mm-hmm. that they did the walking dead stuff or whatever with dave Chappelle. Right. but uh, he was like i couldn't because i was doing get out and they talked about how how much Dave Chappelle admired Key and Peele and loved the show, yada, yada, yada. Right. So, like, when without that in context, Tessa listened to it and it was like, Dave Chappelle, why are you such a hater? Like, that's not your, really your show, like, yada, yada, yada. But it was like, the context is, no, they're actually really good friends. And he yeah. doesn't think that. <laughs> but it was funny hearing about the Dave, uh, the Kevin Hart stuff. Like, being jealous of Dave. Oh, being jealous of Kevin Hart. Yeah, it's funny. Because, <laughs> you know, like, back then, like, Dave Chappelle was the biggest comedian in the world. Yeah, and right. now it's legitimate. Kevin Hart like regardless if you like him or not like he's the biggest comedian in the world and he was like I didn't I didn't realize you know, that that's what it was <laughs> anyway uh, enough of stealing Dave Chappelle's material yeah. just watch the, show, the special yeah I just watch really the good. specials they're pretty good oh yeah uh, I think that's it that's oh, it yeah. for today's episode that is it you lovely people thank you for watching you can find us at twitter at underscore FFS podcast facebook at the FFS podcast iTunes SoundCloud Stitcher and Google Play Music hey. at the name under the name for film's sake uh, you know the drill find us communicate with us tweet at us do the thing we love you guys cheers yeah. bye